Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. But what I want to present to you today is that every single one of us has been called, is called, especially if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. And there is an opportunity for you to have purpose and meaning beyond what you could ever imagine. That every single one of us should have a sense in which there is a divine mission that we are on. That what you are doing is super, the life that you are living ought to be supernaturally guided. That you should not have occasions and seasons in your life in which God isn't even a part of them. That's not what he redeemed you for. That's not what he has saved you for. He has saved you for so much more than that. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. It has been said that God always wants to take us from where we are to where he wants us to be. But in order for that to happen, there must be a breakthrough. That godly breakthrough will always take you to a better place and make you more of the person God created you to be. Is that the kind of breakthrough you desire in your life? Do you desire a godly breakthrough in your marriage, in your finances, in your faith, or in some other area of your life? The hope of this series of sermons is that you will experience God's breakthrough in all of the areas of your life that are falling short. His breakthrough often won't bring what we want. Instead, it will bring better than we could ever imagine. Our prayer is through this series, you will be able to experience a breakthrough that takes you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Please enjoy the message. Father, we are grateful for Jesus. And Father, we know that there are areas in our lives that need breakthrough. There are areas in our lives that are not where you want them to be. Um, And so Lord, over the next several weeks, I just pray you would open our minds, open our hearts to what you would have to say to us. Your word does not return void. And I pray that it wouldn't return void today. And so stir in our hearts to do something special to you, to respond to you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Uh, my, in high school, I took three years of French. How many of you here have taken French? Um, that, that's, man, that's impressive. That's good. That's pretty good. Now, how many of you can still speak any of it? A few of, maybe, yeah, we got, we got a couple. That's great. And that's even more impressive. Well, I can't speak any of it. I did three years of it, can't speak a lick of it. But the reason that I took French in high school is because it made me eligible for an honorary degree that our state uh, made available if you did certain things and had certain, a certain GPA and you, you accomplished certain things throughout the school year. And so I was on track to receive that honorary degree. And part of me receiving that degree was that I took French. But I, again, was not at all good at French. I received C minuses at best, and that's because the teachers were gracious to me. I remember one time I sat in class or I wasn't sitting, but I was in class and then the teacher called me up to do a presentation. I gave a presentation in French and then the teacher asked the class, she had the audacity to ask the class. She says, does anybody know what he just said? And they didn't. They had no idea what I said. She didn't know what I said. I didn't even know what I said. Nobody knew what I said. I still don't know what I said. I was not good at French. My senior year though, I got word that I was going to get a D in French because it wasn't going so well for me. And I had to hire a tutor in order to avoid getting a D. Because if you get a D, then you disqualify yourself from this degree I was trying to get. And so I got this tutor. I met with her twice a week. I would meet with her for an hour, two hours at a time. And I noticed it was so interesting that after about the sixth or seventh session that we had together, that I began to have a breakthrough. I would go to the class and I began to be able to understand what was being said, what was being taught. I could connect the dots. 
Often I found that before I was a class or two behind everyone else, it would take, I, I could never keep up with the pace of the class, but then I got the tutor and I, and I started being able to keep up. I actually was getting a little ahead. I was, I was making better grades, earned grades. And I thought after I had had several tutoring sessions with this girl, I thought, this is so nice. This is so much less stressful. I have so much more peace now. I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish this breakthrough would have happened sooner. But I am glad that it happened. And that's kind of what this series is about. Obviously not from a worldly standpoint like that, more from a spiritual standpoint. That, that you would have some kind of a breakthrough in your life. There's an area in your life maybe where you're stagnant. There's an area of your life, maybe you're an area that you're not even aware of, that, that if you could just have this breakthrough, everything would change. That there would be so much more peace and tranquility in your life that you would actually be content with where you're at. It would seem like you had more purpose and meaning with what you were doing. We all have breakthroughs. We all have areas in our lives where we need to have breakthrough. It never changes. We've never fully arrived this side of heaven. And the breakthroughs that we're looking at we need to clarify here, will not lead to greater fame. That's not what this is about, but greater faithfulness. Godly breakthrough is not about you developing yourself. It's about God and you allowing God to finally develop you. Godly breakthrough will not calm the circumstances around you. I'm not saying that you're going to get a better job. I'm not saying that you're going to have all of a sudden a better job. I'm not saying that Immediately, your home life is going to be at peace. But what I am saying to you is what we finish here with is it will calm the emotions within you. It will bring you to a place where you're living a way that you never would have imagined that you could live, but now that you can live that way, so much, everything around you is so much better. It's a breakthrough like what you see in the scriptures with a little girl who forgave. She had been taken off into captivity, ripped away from her family, taken from her land, and then she learned that this master who had taken her away had leprosy. She had a choice. Would she tell him about the prophet Elisha, who could heal him, or would she harbor bitterness and not? And she chose to forgive, and she told this master of hers about Elisha, who would, who would help to cleanse him of his leprosy. It's about a woman who was forgiven. She met Jesus at a well, She'd made, she'd made numerous mistakes in her life. She lived with incredible regret. And then she encounters Jesus. And as is the case with all of us, when we encounter Jesus, there was a breakthrough. And the life that she had lived, she wouldn't live anymore. She would live a different life. She was thirsty as he met her at the well, but it wasn't thirst for water. It was a thirst for God and the love and forgiveness that God wanted to give her. It was about Peter setting aside his racial prejudices for the gospel realizing that this gospel of his needed to go to all people, even Gentile people. And they didn't have to convert to Judaism for the gospel to go to them. It was about Nicodemus setting aside his theological prejudices and finally professing, seemingly professing a faith in Jesus as he would go to the cross, pull Jesus' body off of the cross, and then help to bury him. It's the kind of breakthrough that happens when a man begins to care more about his family's spiritual well-being than his financial well-being. It's a breakthrough that happens when a woman begins to care more about her inward beauty than her outward appearance. It's about a teen who cares more about following Jesus than following friends. It's about an employee who cares more for the co-worker's souls than co-worker's approval. 
This is the kind of breakthrough that we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks. And we're going to do that by examining the story of David, specifically the early years of David's life, pre-king or right up to when he becomes a king. That's about as far as we're going to take this sermon series. We'll, we'll spend the rest of um, David's life in another sermon series, but for now we're going to focus on these breakthroughs that David had, positive breakthroughs, that he was here Something was going on, and then there was a breakthrough, and he began to live out and experience more of the life that God wanted him to experience. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. So where does David's life begin? Well, it doesn't begin with him being king, and it doesn't begin in a valley with a man named Goliath. It begins instead with the calling that was put upon his life by a man named Samuel. A Samuel came to Samuel came to David to anoint him, to call him, to give his life purpose and meaning beyond what he could have ever even imagined. The context of the situation was that there was another king who had been rejected by God, Saul. Saul had all the qualities and characteristics of a godly king. He was tall, he was handsome, he was a natural leader, he was strong, and he was even somewhat spiritual. And yet, God rejected him because he had rejected God. And so it was time for Samuel to anoint a new king. And so he would go to David and he would place this calling upon his life. And calling is this idea of purpose, of meeting that is divine. And as I've had conversations with many of you, other people, and even as I've reflected on my own life, I've been left wondering, what is the purpose? What is the meaning of this? I mean, so many of us, we scramble throughout life and we just work more hours and we desire to pay more bills and we're changing more diapers and we're just trying to get to see the grandkids again or we got a few years left of good health and we're trying to go on a few more trips and, and then we just sort of step back and we're saying, is this all that life is? And it almost seems like we've missed the calling. We've missed the purpose. We've missed meaning. But what I want to present to you today is that every single one of us has been called, is called, especially if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, and there is an opportunity for you to have purpose and meaning beyond what you could ever imagine, that every single one of us should have a sense in which there is a divine mission that we are on, 
that what you are doing is super, the life that you are living ought to be supernaturally guided. That you should not have occasions and seasons in your life in which God isn't even a part of them. That's not what he redeemed you for. That's not what he has saved you for. He has saved you for so much more than that. He has called you. But sometimes it feels like we missed the calling. Or maybe we're blocking the calling. Or maybe we're just not in tune to the calling. When I was in sixth grade, I, I played Little League Baseball, and I had a fairly decent season. Um, at the end of the season, there was a vote for who would be on the All-Star team. I'd hoped that I would, I would be on that team. I would hope that I would get that call. But the call never came. And I saw the way the team was put together. And, and truth be told, I, I wasn't good enough to make the team, but, I, but I, was, I thought I was close. It seemed like I was close, but I wasn't just quite there to get that calling. And I think, that too, I think that too many of us, many of us maybe feel that way about the life that we're living right now. That maybe God just hasn't called us to something great, something grand, something special. And again, it's not about fame, it's about faithfulness. And maybe we've made too many mistakes. Maybe we've made too many bad decisions. I don't know what it is for you. I've talked with people and they've, they've thought that maybe because of a divorce, because of a bankruptcy, because of a felony, I can just go on down the line. It just feels like they're disqualified and that the phone's never going to ring and they've just been looked over. That this, this predicament's common in our society. We have phrases for it. Left holding the bag, left standing at the altar, left out in the cold. Here's my favorite. He's out taking care of the sheep. That he is David. And that's probably how he felt. His brothers looked down on him, as we're going to come to find. It it didn't seem like he was doing anything all that special with his life. He was tending to the sheep. He wasn't even, even invited into the important family meetings. He just wasn't a very valued member of the family. And he was giving, he was given a job that no one else wanted. It probably felt like God wasn't doing anything with his life. God wasn't a part of it. I mean, but we're going to come to find out that 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 wasn't the case at all. I mean, his brothers probably looked at him and thought, "What, what, what good can come out of that hill? What good can come from that hillside? What good can come from that little boy? What good is he? All he does is he sits out on the hillside and he just plays his harp. Harp, 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 harp. And he scribbles things down. God, 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 God. Harp, harp, harp. I mean, that was David's life. But God had so much more for him. And so Samuel goes to this nowheresville town called Bethlehem to anoint a new king. Anybody here from a nowheresville town? Like, you may grow up in a little town. Anybody here? A few, few people? Yeah, yeah, you kind of know what I'm talking about. You know when you grew up in that town. I grew up in a little town in Indiana, called, southern Indiana called Austin, Indiana. Anybody here ever heard of Austin, Indiana? A couple people? Okay, I got a couple of you. Okay, well, so, so there's a few, which is very surprising, but, but you're not from there. Because nobody ever, it's one of those places it's hard to get out of. It's just the way it goes. But it was, was kind of this nowheresville town. And then even worse than Austin was this town just north of us, Crothersville. In Crothersville, there's definitely nothing good. I mean, it was, you just look down on these places. But maybe there was more good there than we really knew. 
There usually is. And that was the case with Bethlehem. And so Samuel goes to Bethlehem looking for the king with the qualifications that he has in his mind. Tall, handsome, natural leader, strong, ruddy, or not ruddy, but strong and aggressive. The kind of guy that people are just drawn to. The kind of person that when people look at him, they don't want to mess with him because they know that that guy can, can put them in their place. Samuel's going looking for that guy. So he calls Jesse's family and the leaders in the town together, and they're going to have a sacrifice. And after the sacrifice, a king is going to be called, anointed. So when they arrived, being Jesse's family, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance, his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He's saying, Samuel, I I know that you've got these qualifications in your mind of what the king is supposed to look like. What someone who is called to do incredible things for the Lord is supposed to have. I I know you think that you know what those characteristics are supposed to be, but, but I'm not looking at those things. I'm looking at the heart. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. So then they go on. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shema pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. And so he asked Jesse, are these all the sons that you have? And he goes on. They're still the youngest. He is tending the sheep. He is the one that was looked down upon. And this, uh, this word youngest does not just describe age. It also describes position, perspective that he, family members had of him. He wasn't the kind of person that people thought would be called to do anything special. The word youngest in Hebrew is hakatan. And hakatan is a negative descriptor of a younger sibling. In other words, he is the runt. And this is the description of Samuel, of why they consi- from Samuel 
about David and why they considered him the runt. Send for him, Samuel says. We will not sit down until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was a fine-looking boy, ruddy-faced, with pleasant eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. Now, at first glance, it seems as though God may be contradicting what he just said. He said he's most focused on the heart, not the appearance. But then they just talk about his appearance. But if you dig deeper, as I have done dug deeper, you come to find that this really isn't that great of a description of someone in this time. A fine-looking boy made reference to his tan. We like tans today. Tans are popular. People, we have tanning beds, tanning sprays. They have all sorts, everybody loves a tan, but not in this day. Because if you had a tan, that meant you worked in the fields. You were an indentured servant of some kind. You were the lowest of the low. And so he's a fine-looking boy, ruddy-faced, Ruddy did not mean rough and strong. Ruddy, ruddy meant that, that it was red. It was pimply. He had a pimpled out face. It was, there was just rocks on his face. He had a ruddy face. And he had pleasant eyes. We like pleasant eyes. They were probably hazel. People love hazel eyes today. But in that day, if you had hazel, hazel eyes, you were weak. You weren't going to kill anybody. They wanted people with strong, dark eyes, the kind of eyes that just like rip you apart type of person. That's what they wanted. And David had none of these qualities. And yet this is the one that the Lord anointed. And why was that? Well, it was because of his heart. And so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And then Samuel then went on to Ramah. And so what caused God to call David? What caused God to seemingly put a supernatural purpose into David's life, a supernatural meaning into all that David would do? It was about his belief in his heart. It wasn't about his external appearance. And maybe, again, maybe for you, you're wondering, what is the point of what I'm doing? I'm just going to go meet with another client. I'm just going to have another deal. I'm just going to read over another uh, manuscript or document of some kind. I'm just going to balance another spreadsheet, put together another spreadsheet. What is the purpose of all of this? Well, there is purpose. There is meaning. And God wants to give you that. And maybe God is giving you that in your life. It's not all about this. This is what we make it about. It's not inches on your waist square footage of your house, the make of the car. And those things aren't bad. I'm not even saying these things are wrong. It's just this isn't the purpose and the meaning that God is placing into your life. The label, the clothes, the size of the office, the complexion of your skin, the presence of diplomas, the absence of pimples. That's not what life is all about. Well, maybe this last one if you're a teenager. But other than that, it's not what life's all about. But often, we get everything crossed up. We get all the wires joined together of the world and what God wants for our lives. And, and we feel so discontent. And we don't realize that God is really wanting to great, place great meaning and calling into what you're doing. All that David did after he was anointed was go back to the hillside and tend to the sheep. Eventually he's called into Saul's court, but he was always doing menial tasks. He was just serving and gradually, God began to do more and more through his life. And God seems to use those of us who are the hackathons, the outcasts, the broken ones, the least of these. 
And the thing is, is that in God's eyes, we're all the hackathons. We, we all will have seasons in which we don't feel like there's a supernatural calling on our marriage or on our parenting, on the way that we're sharing our faith, on our love for the Lord. We, we all will have seasons in which we feel like we're a bit lost, but it is those that are lost that God has used the greatest. Because Moses, he ran from justice. Jonah ran from God. Rahab ran from a brothel. Samson ran to the wrong woman. Jacob ran in circles all throughout his life. Elijah ran to the desert. Sarah ran out of hope. Lot ran with the wrong crowd and God used them all. And so maybe that's where you feel right now. Maybe you feel like you've ran from God for so long that he can't use you. Maybe you've made so many mistakes that you feel like God can't do something incredible through your life. You couldn't, that couldn't be more wrong. Theologically speaking, theologians would say that there are three callings that God places on our lives from the scriptures. And these are callings that were all present in David's life and they ought to be present in our lives. The first calling that he places on us is a general calling. And this is a calling that goes to all people. It is for everyone to come to believe in Jesus. And God is calling you. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Hahn, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.